0: Welcome to the PGA Premium Podcast, presented by Daily Roto. I'm Christopher Pacheco, and joining me to discuss the Wyndham Championship is Colin Drew. Colin, how are you doing tonight?
1: Not too bad, Chris. We got golf winding down, NFL winding up. We got this event, a couple more great FedEx Cup events, and then a little bit of a lull on the schedule. So, looking forward to it. Obviously a little bit of a different beast in a weaker field this week, but looking forward to it all the same. Uh,
0: yeah, definitely. Golf is winding down. Um, but Drewby, we have the NFL coming up. Obviously that's what everyone loves. And we just released our product, um, t- today, uh, and during the afternoon and it's, it's quite a value, $99.99 for the season pass. Um, that is, of course, the best value. You get it for the whole season and included on the things that we did last year, which, I mean, a lot of things are going to be scratched, um, but we are still going to have projections. We are still going to have lineup alerts. Um, but in addition to that and strategy guides um, and the podcasts, we are going to have, for the first time, our lineup optimizer. For both DraftKings and FanDuel, so we are really excited about that tool. I know a lot of, of subs have asked us throughout the years if, if we were ever going to do this. Well, now this year we we finally are. So we're very excited about our NFL product. You should definitely go and check it out um, on our site. Um, but with that being said, let's let's get right to it and, and talk about the Wyndham Championship um, played at Sedgefield Country Club uh, in North Carolina. Uh, this is going to be a, an easy scoring environment, uh, Colin, from based off what I saw and, and the cut lines over the last few seasons. Um, you know, you were generally looking at, uh, two under, three under par. I mean, just really, really easy scoring conditions. The 7,100 yard, uh, course, par 70, um, relatively short, easy, uh, fair ways to hit. So I think, uh, you know from a scoring environment uh, environment perspective, this is going to be a really easy course. Uh, the only thing I, I would say though Colin is that uh, the names that we have this week uh, you know they're not going to match up to to all the awesome names that we saw last week in the last major of the season.
1: For sure, it's a different field for sure. The guys who are here are either here because they're you know grinding out, paycheck, trying to keep their tour card, or they're trying to eat their way into the FedEx Cup playoffs, or kind of secure where they're at in the standings. And so I definitely think everyone is motivated. You know, you don't necessarily show up this week unless you're motivated to play. So the best names who are in in a good spot and feel like their game's in in shape have taken the week off, and the field that's left is definitely motivated to play. Um, And so it's going to be it should be an easy scoring environment. You know, we see the the winners a lot of times around seventeen under par or so. Um and the only two par fives, but they're really easy to get at for all the players. And so it it'll be an interesting one. Uh historically some of the easiest fairways to hit, part of that is just because they're easy to hit, and part of that is because the guys don't have to hit the ball as far and so they can club down off the tees. Um, if you look at a lot of the historic correlation data, it's one of the few courses where we see accuracy pop a little bit more than driving distance as far as how it aligns to strokes gained off the tee, which isn't a typical thing. Definitely strokes gained approach is always one of our number one figures, but even more so this week because a lot of strokes gained approach, you know, guys are also good with their long irons and, and three woods and can hit those off the tee. And then obviously going to have to get hot with the putter. If, if you want to shoot 17, 18 under par or if you want to grind the cut line, you got to get out with the putter, too. So I think those are the the types of things I'm looking at. But with such a disparity in the overall long-term talent with the golfers, it's kind of interesting to think about roster construction.
0: Yeah, and this is the last chance as well for, uh, like, in, in terms of the FedEx playoff push, this is the last chance for these players, Colin. So, uh as you mentioned, I would think they're they're definitely going to have an incentive to, to come out here and play uh, for sure. Um, with that being said, I also wanted to add that six. I mean, getting six through six this week seems very critical. Um, and, and and feels like it doesn't matter what sort of format you're playing. Um, it, it seems like six through six is like something that you're going to need in your lineups, especially in tournaments. Uh, if, if you're going to want to take down a tournament,
1: uh,
0: I would think six to six is going to be very critical. Is that is that something you agree with, Colin?
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, tournaments it's always a necessity, but right. it depends kind of how many people get six to six and how the chalk does this week specifically. But you think you know last week or majors in general scoring's a little. Harder to come by if you have uh, you know, a Hideki or Justin Thomas also last week. They can kind of carry your team, even if you have a miscut into a min cash. Probably not the case this week. Probably need, you know, everyone through the cut if you want to cash.
0: Yeah. Uh, let's, let's dive into the names, uh, with, with that being said, uh, Kevin Kistner and Henrik Stenson are the most expensive players. Uh, in this field, and, and Stenson is $200 more expensive than Kissner over on DraftKings. Uh, Stenson's eleven five, 5 Kissner's 11 3. Uh, followed by those guys are Jason Duffner, Bill Haas, and then Webb, Webb Simpson. Those three are, are all over uh, 10k. Simpson's the one that's right at 10k. Uh, you know, Drewby, I, I think Stenson is the one I I suppose I feel best about um, from an expensive range standpoint. Um, You know, the the thing with Sensen is he's been he's been playing good lately. I feel like I I don't think he's been playing bad by any means. I also don't think he's been great. Uh, But in this sort of scoring environment, um, it's it's so easy. I I don't think he's played in in one of these uh, in a little bit um like he he didn't I don't, I don't think he played in a John Deere or one of those uh really easy uh scoring events. Uh this time around he gets it. So I really like Henrik here. Uh but I also don't mind uh Kisner either. Do you have any strong takes between those two, Colin?
1: I think for me Henrik's the play out of those two. And it's a combination of things. Um he has definitely turned his game around. Over the last five events, he's inside the top 30 in each of them. You know, starting with the BMW International Open on the European Tour, he was 10th there and then 26th of the Scottish Open. And then the Open Championship, he was 11th and PGA Championship, he was 13th and those are loaded fields. And so he's got his game coming together. It is a little bit of a different beast this week because it's a birdie fest and you got to roll a bunch of things in, but I'm inclined to lean Stenson, and part of the reason for that is that I, I think Kisner is going to get higher ownership. And for me, Stenson's higher projected. He's only 200 bucks more expensive, and he's going to come at lower ownership. So it seems like that's where I'm most likely to go if I'm going to play one of those two guys. But I'm I'm also interested by Duffner and Bill Haas, especially when we talk about wanting to get a bunch of six of six lineups through. I think those are guys that are very safe to start your team with, and you can build more balanced rosters around them. And so out of the 10 K plus guys, I'm definitely going to play some Stenson and I'm probably going to play some Duffner and Haas. I like Kisner, but it's just 200 bucks more. I can get to Henrik. So I think that's where I'm going to go. What are you thinking?
0: Yeah, I as I mentioned previously, I think Stenson's going to be the way I lean between those two. I just think uh Stenson's a better player uh and historically he's been a better player uh than Kissner. Uh and when you prize them this closely, I'm going to have to take the better player and who I feel most confident with. And also as you mentioned with the 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 ownership projections as you have them right now, Kissner would be higher owned than Stenson. Um I think that would even make it a little bit of an easier decision for me and, and lean Henrik in that direction uh as well. Um I also don't mind the ten K guys, uh but obviously from a cash game perspective, uh I don't I don't think I'm gonna play any of those guys. I would just play Stenson and then go down into like the seven K territory and grab some guys there. But I don't know, it's it's also a little bit of a difficult week to play cash games because if you go in that direction then um, you're probably gonna have to play someone that you're not gonna like in, in that sixth spot in your roster. Um, so it's a little bit unnerving from that perspective, but definitely a week for, for GPPs uh that I that I have a lot of interest. Uh but you look at the nine K range over on DK and and you have a little bit more names. You have Ryan Moore, Keegan Bradley, Kyle Stanley, uh who I who I really like, Bud Cauley at ninety-two hundred, Grayson Murray, and then James Hahn. Uh, Drewby, who of that group, uh, or, or it doesn't have to be one in particular, but do you have any strong takes there? Because for me, I, you know, I'm going to have to go with Stanley, uh, from a GPP standpoint. I know the last, I mean, over the last four events, like he's missed two cuts, uh, and both of those were in majors. Uh, you know, I don't think he's going to miss a cut on this one. Um uh, I, I really like him this week from a GPP perspective. Do you have, do you have any takes here?
1: Uh, this is definitely the most interesting range of the group. You got Grayson and Keegan, who people in DFS love to hate. Keegan specifically has been playing insanely well T to green mm-hmm. over the past five or six events, yeah. and you know he's putting like Keegan, but he's still producing decent results. Ryan Moore is a guy that has had a down season, and his T to green game really showed up last week, but it was one of the first times. That we've seen that. Um, and he had been overcoming an injury earlier in the year. And I think last week's at least a, a glimmer of hope that he's got things sorted out a little bit heading into the FedEx cup playoffs. And so that, that's a name that is, is also interesting. You know, it, I, I like him, but it could be a blip on the radar, right? It's not like we've seen this steady string of good results from him. Mm-hmm. And then same thing with Stanley. I'm, I'm inclined to, to trust him a little bit um i'm I'm not a big grayson murray fan on this course Uh, i liked him a little bit as a sleeper last week and had talked about it but that that was really a flyer and predominantly because of his distance and it seems like the distance is not going to be quite as beneficial and so i think grayson's probably the guy that i like the the least out of this group but Um, Stanley with his kind of string of poor finishes is interesting from GPP, got to project really low ownership right now. And I don't know if I trust that number or not, but it seems like he could be a single digit type guy.
0: Yeah. Especially at that price tag, I can understand why he'd be a single digit, but from an upside perspective, like sign me up. Uh, because in, in my opinion, I do believe, uh, of this group of golfers, I'm inclined to say Stanley probably has the most upside, uh, of the group. Uh, though I don't see anything wrong with the other names, but if, if you're, if we're talking strictly GPPs, yeah, I, uh, I think give me Stanley, uh, in this uh, this type of uh, scoring environment. Um, yeah,
1: I would say, you know, we had talked a little bit and because we like Henrik a, a lot in this field, um, and we, we like Kisner and we like Duffner, but if you play those guys, this isn't necessarily going to be the next spot on your roster. And yeah. so, the 9K range, I think those are kind of how I feel about those guys. I'm gonna build a couple balanced teams and definitely have Ryan Moore in the mix. Mm-hmm. You know, have Stanley in the mix, maybe Buck Holly, but it's not gonna be a big range that I'm gonna be pounding for the most part.
0: No, you're right. Uh, I would also say that you you might not be able to grab some 8K guys if you get up to someone like Kissner. Uh, or or Stenson. Uh, actually, the the one guy that you could probably grab is in the low eights, and I think that's about it. You're going to have to hammer a lot of the seven K range guys. Uh, but let's talk about the AK k range because uh, we we certainly have a bigger range here, and we do have interesting names. Uh, one in particular to me stands out from a cash game perspective. Uh, at eighty one hundred, that's Ches uh who's been playing well uh, of late. Really. I, I think he's missed like one cut in, in his last 10 events. He has been playing well. Obviously priced more appropriately now, but you have Ben On at 8,900, uh, Ben Marn at 8,800. Then you have Danny Lee, Chris Stroud, who at 8,600 feels like, uh, he is certainly overpriced. Uh, Shane Lowry, Lucas Glover. Um, so you, you have those types of names. Then you have Seamus Power at AK. That's another one that, you know, I realize that he has been playing well of late and, and, and getting good finishes, too. Uh, but at AK, it feels like I'm definitely play, uh, paying a full price tag for that. Uh, Colin, what are your thoughts here? Favorite names? Uh, for me, I would like to go uh, reevee from a cash game perspective. But I also don't mind pivoting elsewhere from a GPP standpoint if reevee's going to be a massive chalk.
1: Yeah, I think Reeve is the best value and presents, you know, a little bit of comfort here in a, a range of names that have either burned you in the past or you're used to, you're used to seeing them in the sixty-seven hundred dollar range. And he pre- he presents like an option that you feel like is safe to get through the cut and can be comfortably paired with one of the more expensive guys. Um, but it's it's not a guy that has. A ton of upside historically you know he's mm-hmm. in in his last 50 events he's you know only been inside the top 20 and 22 percent of them so yeah it's definitely a a guy that you could consider fading um i think his price makes him so affordable to put into lineups with some of the higher price guys and that's what's attractive but if you kind of compare like his odds to the ownership that we expect which is close to 20 percent then he seems like less of a good play in tournaments um I think, you know, Byung Hanan is a guy that I always like playing in tournaments. And I mean, in this field, you know, he he might struggle a little bit with the greens, which are supposed to be quick. But he's also a guy that should easily get at the par fives and have some easy birdies there. And then he'll be able to to fire at the greens. Um, So those are probably the most attractive names for me in this range. Uh, I think Danny Lee is also mm-hmm. a guy that was playing well, and he was playing courses that seemed to suit his game. And then as we started to shift into some courses that maybe rewarded off the T play, which isn't quite Danny Lee's game, his results suffered, which is something we should have been able to predict. And uh, because of that, his odds dropped a little bit. He'll be a little bit less popular. So at single-digit ownership, Danny Lee's a guy that I, I will be looking to fit into some lineups.
0: Yeah, I guess that's a challenge with with Revi, Colin. That at eighty one hundred, like I feel really good about it, especially from a cash game perspective. But when I'm looking at pivots, they're gonna be more expensive, right? Like if if I like Ben on An and I and I do, it's gonna cost me eight hundred more. Uh, I like Danny Lee a little bit from a GPP perspective. It's gonna cost me six hundred more. So, um, you know, if, if, with those price tags in mind, I'm you know at that point in in GPPs, I might have to pivot off someone like Stenson. Or Kisner, which I'm willing to do uh, in that sort of format, anyways. But I did want to throw that out there. Um, we can talk about the 7K range, which, again, it's it's going to be bigger than the expensive guys. It's going to be much bigger than the 8K range too. Uh, we have a lot of names here uh, over on DraftKings. So, Drewby, let's just let's let's hit on the ones that we like the most. Uh, I, I will go first and and throw some guys in the high sevens that I like. Chad Campbell immediately stands out to me at 7,900. Uh, though again, at at that price tag, um, it, it does feel like in GPP, I want to find a pivot and especially if he's going to be chalky. And I, I do believe relative to the way he's been playing and and the core setup and and environment, I think he will be chalky. Uh, so I'm, I'm trying to look for pivots in GPPs and I think in this range, I'm going to find them. Uh, but from a cash game perspective, if I'm playing that sort of format this week, I would like to have a lot of Campbell in my lineups. I also like Kevin Tway at $7,800. Um, I like Ali a little bit at $7,600. Certainly from a tournament perspective, I like it. Um, and then after that, Colin, I'm going to have to be honest with you. I don't love a lot of names, especially from like a safety perspective. Uh, but from a GPP standpoint, uh, have a couple that stand out. Kevin Nah at 7,500, uh, kicks off that conversation. And I would also throw Palmer, Ryan Palmer in, into that as well at 7,300 though. Um, from a tournament perspective, yeah. From a cash game perspective, Colin, I can't pull the trigger. Like, I, I don't know what I'm getting every week. Basically, I know I'm getting good ball striking. Um good T to green play, but the putter is so horrendous. Um I don't think I can I can trust them from a cash game setting.
1: Yeah, I mean I have a lot of jilted levers in this range, uh, between Ryan Palmer, Billy Horschel, Kevin Na, Miliana Grillo. Like these are guys that I have been high on at various points in my DFS past and mm-hmm. occasionally have held on to them too long and here I am in a super weak field, like Russell Knox was another guy, and here <laughs> yeah. I am in a super weak field where, I mean, heck, I could make a lineup out of like all these 7k guys and leave like 2000 bucks on the table. Uh, probably won't go that extreme, but, uh, long term, I think it's a pretty talented range. They just all have some, some warts. Um, yeah. but I think, I think given the kind of circumstances of this field, I think I can, I, I don't know. I, I'm talking myself into it, but I think I can look past them one more time. <laughs> um.
0: Yeah, this is this is a range that I agree with you. It's it's a lot of names that we've liked in the past and we've been high on from a cash game perspective. Hard to trust, but as I mentioned earlier, anyways, you're going to be a, a little bit heavier in GPP anyways this week um, given the given the field. Uh, but you also have Smiley Kaufman at 7,400. Uh, another guy that I cannot trust. Like, it, it makes me a bit uncomfortable, uh, Colin. He missed the cut at the Barracuda and the John Deere. And, and, you know, those, those were, were environments that I didn't look as, you know, very challenging. Um, but he did make the, the cut in the, in the RBC Canadian Open. Uh, had 87 drafting points. Uh, but this is a guy, I don't know what I'm getting. You know, on any given week. So from a tournament perspective, yeah. Cash game perspective, I, another name I can't pull the trigger, uh, is, I, I would also say the same about, about Harold, Harold Varner at 7,300. Definitely intrigued about the upside. Like when he has it going, you're talking about, uh, birdies and eagles. And, and from that perspective, you, you love it. Um, but I don't feel safe about that either.
1: Yeah. I definitely don't feel safe. I mean, honestly, I don't think you're going to build a roster that you feel completely safe with because you're either taking flyers on some of the lesser known names that are in decent form, or you're playing Mm -hmm. these like jilted lovers who have, who are playing in this event because they're, you know, still trying to figure out their games or they're still trying to, you know, Work on their FedEx Cup points, and mm-hmm. but this is going to be a, an important range. And I was trying to build rosters earlier, and I don't really want to go below the seven k range. Like there's a there's a couple names down there that I think you could fit into, but even if I'm starting off a team with Henrik, like I'm thinking Henrik, eight k guy, seven k guys uh, is just kind of how I feel comfortable with my projections. Those seem like the the best spots to build. And so I definitely agree with you on, you know, you know Revi in the 8K range. And then to me, I'm, I'm more comfortable. I like, I like a guy like Kevin Tway, who's a younger guy, um, yeah. but I'm still a little bit more comfortable playing like Billy Horschel and Russell Knox um, at a little bit of an ownership discount than I am playing someone like Robert Shreb or, or Ollie, um, even though I think, you know, those guys are all, are all fine plays too. I mean, this is definitely a range where, I think you're finding a lot of guys that in my model are comparable in projections and might only be a, a point or two off from a DK perspective. And so I'm definitely going to be honing in on ownership from a leverage perspective in this range.
0: What do you think about Hao Tong Lee, uh, Colin? I, that's another name that I'm, I'm definitely intrigued by. You know, he, he missed the cut. Um, he, he did miss the cut at the PGA championship. Uh, but previous to that, I mean, he, he, he got a third in the open championship and he was doing well in the European tour. Um, a guy that seems like he can score. Uh, and I, and I definitely want that this week. Obviously the scoring environment should propel everybody to score, but this is a guy that I'm, I'm intrigued by at $7,400. Uh, do you have any thoughts there?
1: I, I honestly probably won't play a lot of him just because the ownership's gonna be there from the recent finish and mm-hmm. the guy who won the Millionaire Maker at the Open Championship had rostered Hao Tung and so I like, I could see him getting almost to 10% and there's just enough names in here. I like, he's a guy, so some of the European Tour guys, you know, it, like, I don't have necessarily an equivalent player, you know, on the mm-hmm. PGA Tour in my mind that fits sort of the similar game and so, it's not as easy to draw parallels. And then there are other guys that I do kind of have that parallel and um, like how Lee is a guy I haven't researched a ton of, mm-hmm. um, but and because of that, like I'm willing to fade him at 10% ownership. Uh, yeah. I know he had one great result in a really hard event because he, he went absolutely nuts on Sunday, but it's, it's just not, um, not where I'm looking to go. I'd rather play some of these guys where I have more data on them and, and, I feel more reliable that my projection aligns with their skill set.
0: That makes sense. Uh, that makes a lot of sense, Colin. Um, let's, let's then talk about, uh, the, the 6K range. Actually, I'll, I'll mention another name if I didn't in that 7K range, Ali. Uh, Ali, I think at 7,600, I'll have some, another name, Colin, that, uh, you know, at this point, you know what he is. Uh, you know, a little bit of a younger guy, but at, at least you know him better than, than some of these Euro- European tour, uh, players. But let's, let's dive into the 6k range. Uh, not a lot of names, uh, that I, that I like here. Uh, Colin, that, that anyone stand out to you over on DK, like Roberto Castro, he has been awful. I, I, I can't, I can't play him. JJ Spawn, maybe. JT Postone, maybe at 6800. Um, maybe Michael Kim. But it's a it's a lot of maybes. I, I definitely have I definitely have even less confidence in these six k guys than I do in some of the low sevens.
1: Yeah, I mean the six k guy is definitely a tough range. There are some all right names, you know, in the low sevens that I trust a little more. You know, Will McGirt, Daniel um Aaron Badley is a, a really good putter. So if the greens end up being fast and tricky, I could see him putting up a decent finish. In the 6K range, you know the the main reason to go here is because you're going to build through the top, and there are going to be some lower owned options. Um, I think like Sung Yul know is some a guy that is a, a reasonable play. He's reasonably priced to kind of his Vegas odds, and because of his his lack of volume on the pro tour this year, I think he's someone that will be super low owned. Trey Molnacs is a guy that he's i mean he's a bomber that people have played a lot on and off throughout the, the course of the year and so i think that's kind of my number 2 guy in the high sixes but he's going to carry pretty heavy ownership and and if you compare his ownership it's almost equivalent to his odds to T20 and so you you kind of ha- almost have to fade that just on those numbers alone um 6k range is is not one that I'm really looking to target this week.
0: Yeah, me neither. <laughs> me neither. I, I don't. I don't love the names uh, in that range. But obviously, on Fanduel, it's you know, it's a it's a complete different conversation, though, Colin. Uh, before we pop before we did the pod, we did mention you know that Fanduel did a little bit of a better job pricing this week. Like you can play Stenson and Kisner together. Um, and still have a, a, competent lineup, but it feels like in the, in the mid tier, uh, feels like they, they did a little bit better. Is, is that, is that correct?
1: Yeah, I think so. Some of the past week field events, they seem like they hadn't been adjusting for the fact that the field was weaker. And I feel like they at least adjusted a little bit this week for the fact that the field's weaker. Not that the high price guys are hard to fit in. Uh, it seems like with the eight man roster construction, they're really not trying to, make it super hard to, to fit guys in they're thinking it's hard enough to get eight of eight guys through the cut so we can price a little bit softer um there are some still kind of they're not going straight off Vegas odds so there's some still very clear mispricings uh like James Hahn is a guy who's priced at 9k on DraftKings but is only 6900 bucks on Fanduel, and so he represents like a pretty significant mispricing. Mm-hmm. And then guys that are are certainly overpriced to me on DraftKings and are not on my radar at all would be someone like Ben Martin and Chris Stroud, and they're definitely on the Fanduel radar. Uh, not that I'm, I'm in love with them from mm-hmm. a play perspective, but they're kind of three to one to the t20, and they're only six five hundred or so bucks. And so uh, I think those are kind of a a couple of the more value names on FanDuel that, I don't know, for the most part, like, the the underpriced guys end up being somewhat popular. I'm mm-hmm. not sure any of them will hit, like, 50% ownership, but that's, you know, those are the guys that I'm kind of looking to round out a more balanced roster with over there.
0: It uh, doesn't seem like weather is going to play a, a big factor uh, this week. I wish I could give that as, as my last thought, uh, but I, I don't see that being an issue this week. Colin... Do you have any last thoughts uh, for us before we get out of here? Cause I do think um, that we we've covered everything. It could be lineup construction or, or anything that, that you're feeling strongly about this week.
1: Um, no, I mean, I think the Stenson to me is the clear cut class of the field and is in pretty good form considering uh, the sort of lack of hype that's, that's there around him. And so He's a guy that I definitely want to build around. And then I'm also reminding myself that it's an easy course with a ton of scoring. And so you really need six of six lineups. The best way to build six of six lineups is by building more balanced. And that's, that, that's not debatable. And so even though I want to play Stenson, I'll definitely have Stenson and some GPP teams going to like the 8K and 7K tier. Uh, balanced lineups are going to increase your six of six odds increasing six to six odds is going to be very important from a DraftKings perspective. And so I'm going to make a conscious effort to make sure I build a variety of teams that are pretty balanced.
0: That's going to do it for this edition of the PGA premium podcast presented by daily Roto. Don't forget to go and check out our NFL product, uh, which we have released again, ninety nine ninety nine for the entire season. And we are bringing a lineup optimizer to the table uh, so, go ahead and, and make sure to, to check that out over on our site. Uh, thanks for listening, everyone, and we'll see you next time. Down the a place for you, if just like me, I'll check TV. i TV, have the
1: it's, it's, it's.